I'm new here. Have you ever been new? The new kid in class, the new guy at work, the new mom or dad in life. New can be exciting. It's fresh. It's the start of something. So many possibilities. But then again, so much uncertainty. So many adjustments and unknowns. I guess it's a bit of both sides when you're new. A balance, one could say. But when does it end? How long do I need to be around, and what stuff do I need to prove to not be new? Even after two years, my guest today is still feeling new. She is German, born and raised, but currently working through the newness in Brooklyn, New York with her American husband. Let's talk through the uncomfortable to get to the joy, because it's all a balance in the end. Let's go ahead and start the conversation with Mira Taferner. Welcome, Mira. You want to get warmed up a little yeah, bit? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Let's warm up with where you're from and what kind of cultures you grew up with. Uh, yes. So I was born uh, and raised in Adding, 30 minutes outside of Munich. Then my family moved to the U.S. when I was two and a half years old. My dad got a, a job offer over there and decided to go on an adventure with a whole family. And so they packed us up and we were there for about three and a half years. I'm sure that that culture change has influenced me. Apart from that, uh, I had a, a group of friends back in Munich. I moved to Munich when I was 19 years old. And I had a, a big circle of friends that was English-speaking expats and travelers that I hung out with quite a lot. So I was, again, exposed to a couple of different cultures. And I was lucky enough to be one of those expats that you hung out with. Yes. When I met you, it was through mutual friends because you were hanging out with expats, mostly English speaking, but you were a native German speaker living in Germany. So what attracted you to spend time with us? We were the immigrants. We were the new kids. Yeah, I don't know if it was um, like an obvious attraction, if I was maybe somehow searching for the new kids. I definitely think that me being able to flex my language muscles and be able to exercise English with native speakers was something that was a lot of fun to me. Uh, so I did search that kind of exchange. And you're also in the choir scene and barbershop quartet scene, <laughs> which I got to see live, which is awesome. So when we moved to the United States, uh, my mother got introduced to Barbershop, which is a a cappella singing style that established in the U.S., and she fell in love with it. And as soon as we moved back to Germany, uh, she was on the search for a Barbershop course here in Munich. And yeah, she found one. And it was just a matter of time till I joined that chorus as well. So we sang in it together. The singers that do barbershop are connected all around the world. So over the years that I sang with this chorus, about 15 years in total, I've been introduced to many different cultures and many different people from all over the world. We went traveling to other countries within Europe um, and even in the US. So then you were, I hate to use the term worldly, <laughs> but it seems to fit. You had experienced a lot of different things through choir and living abroad in the U.S., even though you were young. So do you think that was another reason that you might have sought out people who were non-German to socialize with? Yeah, probably that was the case. I do think that uh, the courage that my parents had or the openness to just travel abroad and move somewhere else is kind of ingrained in me somewhere. I never felt worldly. 
but I think I might have seemed to people very worldly um, because I spoke English, because I've been traveling an awful lot. But for me, I don't know if worldly was the right term because the world is so much bigger than just Europe and the US. I feel like those cultures are still kind of similar if we look at all the other cultures mm. that are still in the world. Um, yeah. But now if I think about it, I guess, yeah, I was exposed to a lot of different cultures. and Yeah, it sounds like it's kind of a part of mm -hmm. you to be comfortable with other cultures. I always felt that when we were socializing together that there wasn't a cultural barrier mm -hmm. between us. We were different, but there was something natural about the interaction. You know, some people don't go out into the world and explore things because they like to know that life is predictable. And when you travel and you move abroad, there's a, a certain level of uncertainty and lack of predictability. Do you think these life experiences you had and the type of people your parents were and the friends you had, do you think that helped you become the type of person that could deal with newness and this unpredictability? Uh, I would not generally call myself a very daring or adventurous person. I think that one of the skills that I have, though, is to connect easily with, with people. Um, and so it didn't really matter what those kind of people were and where they were from, what country they were from or what culture they had. It was easy for me to connect with them. And the more I was exposed with people from different cultures and countries, the more comfortable I felt around them. And probably that, yeah, ma made me just a bit more open to all of this and feel more comfortable with these new situations. So I guess we should talk about these new situations <laughs> because it's been two years now that you are living in the U.S. You are now officially a permanent resident of the U.S., in fact, permanent. But I've talked to you and you said you still feel new. What makes you still feel new? Yeah, I moved to New York City two years ago to live with my, my husband, Rob, who I met when I was visiting uh, New York in 2016. Is he a New Yorker? He is a New Yorker. He was born in Queens, then his family moved to Florida, uh, and then he came back to New York, and he's been here ever since. Um, I would call him a, a New Yorker, yes. I would call him a New Yorker. Yeah. He had that little bit of a different culture, because Florida is very different from New very York. Different. So at least he had that exposure. Yes. <laughs> so you're living with Rob, a New Yorker, in New York, but you say even after two years with permanent residency in hand, you still feel a bit new. Yeah. Everything is new uh, in New York City. Uh, it's, a, it's a very busy, lively, loud city with a lot of cultures and a lot of different people. And I noticed that it was difficult for me to arrive here and tap into the culture because there's not one culture that I need to tap into and mm. need to learn. There's so many facts about it. And it's just been taking a lot, lot longer for me to to feel homey or feel connected to people, to learn the ways of New York City. The immigration process also uh, was was draining. It was exhausting. And I, I think while I was in limbo waiting for my green card to go through, the process to go through, and me being able to have permanent residency, there was a lot of uncertainty. And this uncertainty felt to me like I was not allowing myself to let go and fully be 
part of the U.S. yet because at any time they could have taken that away from me again and I was afraid to lose safety. So I guess I was not allowing myself to accept the new 100% and, and feel homey and feel like I arrived. I was going to say it was like a defense mechanism. Absolutely. You were, you were trying to protect yourself by staying in this new zone in case permanent wasn't available or didn't happen. Yes, yes. And pretty much I didn't have one other foot in Germany with a backup plan in case it didn't work out. So I was really in this limbo state floating without two feet solid on the ground, not even one foot solid on the ground. And yeah, I think you need to have one foot in order to cope with things that are new and that are foreign to you. And I also noticed that it's a big difference knowing people from abroad and seeing them maybe on a vacation in their country or meeting them in your own country. So back in Germany, when I would meet people, I would be in my comfort zone back at home. And now I was in a place where there was no familiar friends, no family, uh, time difference to to reach out to my family or friends when, when stuff got a little bit harder sometimes. And yeah, so I was not in my comfort zone. And that made a big, big difference as well. When things are uncertain, you want certain things to be predictable or comfortable to help put your feet back on the ground. And I can't imagine what you went through with the uncertainty of the legal process and bureaucracy, but also the emotional side that you've just picked up and started this new adventure with a new husband in a new place. And like you said, your family was across an ocean. It's, it's a challenge altogether. Yes, absolutely. But what I find interesting with New York from an outside perspective, so I've visited New York several times, but I've never been a resident. I don't think I've stayed there longer than a long weekend because I can't afford it. (laughs) But it seems like a place that has constant new things and new people. And if we go by the schoolyard rules of once there's a new, new kid you're no longer new, you would think that after two years, there's been enough new kids that came in after you that you would no longer be new. But from what you said before, that doesn't seem to be true in New York. Yeah, New York is definitely new. Everything is always in flux, always changing, always evolving. And I think the time you don't feel like the new person anymore is when you found your spot a little bit. So what you're saying is it didn't matter how many new people came in behind you until you found a place to kind of discover yourself or be yourself in this new life. Exactly. That's that's what I guess new is not new anymore when it doesn't feel new to you. It doesn't have anything to do with the outside world necessarily, but how mm. how you feel you've arrived or you've you've landed somewhere. And I think because there was a lot of things that were new, it was not just moving to New York City. It was, I tapped into a different career at the same time. I joined a a new chorus. I was still getting used to the fact that I was living with Rob now. We only had a long distance relationship before, so that was new. And it was just a lot of new. Um, And it didn't matter if I met new people all over the place. It needs to sink into the inside of myself. And that has slowly started to happen by me accepting that there is nothing that I need to fit into. There is no shape that I need to fit into to finally be a New Yorker or do the right thing. I just need to continue to be myself. That was a revelation for me that has helped me over the last couple of months to feel less new. So you had to change your expectations of what settling in would look like and what the end of new would look like. Exactly. 
Yes, I think really trying to fit in is important, but not at the loss of who you are and what you can bring to the table when you when you enter into a new culture or a new place or, you know, whatever it is. If even if it's just a new job, you got to stay true to who you are and not try to fit in 100%. You can bring something back to the culture and and add your personality to it. And when you do that, then I think it shifts and it feels less new. I think you're right with what you just said, that it's not necessarily just for people who have moved across an ocean and started a new life with a new person and a new job at the same time. You don't need 12 levels of new to feel really new. It can be as simple as starting a new job. And you have to figure out how to stay true to yourself in those changes. Absolutely, yes. So do you foresee a time when the newness is going to wear off? Sub-questions? Yes. Do you ever feel like you'll be just another New Yorker or an American? Um, I don't know if I'll ever feel like I'm American. I, I'm German. I especially notice how German I am now that I live here in in the United States. I did always feel in Germany when I was hanging out with expats that maybe my time in the U.S. as a child has made my my edges, the, the very German directness and my hard edges, a little bit softer. So I felt that there were parts of me that maybe were a little bit American because I was so young when I soaked them up. Now living in the U.S., um, I'm realizing that I'm very, very German. It's deep inside of me and I will never be able to get rid of that. And and that's okay. That's totally fine. Will I ever become a New Yorker? I don't know. I don't even know what a real New Yorker looks like. The majority of the people that come to New York, they stay here for a couple of years, I think on average, like three to five years, and then they move on. It's it's a place of constant transit and, and change. So I, I don't know if I'll ever become a real a real New Yorker. Um, will I start to feel more comfortable and will the newness wear off? Yeah, it's already happening now, but I just think it takes time. It, it, meeting people, um, building a home for yourself, knowing your neighborhood, you know, knowing where your grocery store is, where you like to go, uh, those kind of things. Saying hi to the mailman because you see him every day. Those are the kind of things that make you feel like you're not new anymore. And that definitely will happen here in New York City as well. It already has started It's just taking a little bit longer than I had expected it to take. Yeah. I feel the same way. You know, I'm the opposite of you. I'm the American who moved to Germany, but I didn't marry a German. I married a Finn. (laughs) But I completely understand it's sometimes the little things that really help you take those steps towards belonging or feeling like you belong. You know, finding your favorite bakery and the grocery store. And I say hi to our housemeister and our mail person as well. When you start to put yourself into the community, I think that really helps. And you already spoke English, which is a huge connection to a community or a culture. And your English is perfect. I think people who are listening to this are going to be like, this is not a German. She, Megan is completely lying. Who is this person? Because <laughs> your English is so perfect. Maybe a side note on that behalf. That is also something that I noticed was tricky sometimes for me. People did know I was German, but as soon as I started talking, they forgot about that fact. I caught myself in a lot of conversations with people that I had just met that are new, 
that then tapped into other things that you just know as an American because you were raised here, TV shows or, you know, just everyday life things that you know that are culturally ingrained in you that I did not have access to because I was not from here. But they forgot that I was German. And because I spoke English, they assumed I would understand all the jokes and understand all the references that they were making. And I noticed that that was sometimes really, really hard for me because I didn't know, am I supposed to act like I understand everything that they're saying? Should I admit that I don't know? Like it put me in a very vulnerable spot. And it was confusing for people. Yeah, I I understand that because of my husband. Because even though I live in Germany, I do hang out with a large amount of Americans, some of my closest friends here. And he will just sit and watch us have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Because the way Americans have a conversation is very different from the way he typically has a conversation. We interrupt each other. We use like 50% of our conversation is movie quotes, <laughs> Yes. You know? <laughs> and sometimes we can jump from one topic to the next to the other. And then there's an inside joke that, you know, we all assume everyone understands. And then we support that with a friend's quote because, of course, everyone has seen every season of Friends. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there's Anchorman. And my husband's going, I don't know where to pop in. Like, there's not even a hole for me to jump into this conversation. Yeah, that's totally it. I'm the American who does the the chit-chat in the movie quote, so I can empathize only through my husband who sits on the side of the conversation, laughing when possible, but mostly just kind of keeping to himself. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you can keep up a little bit, even if you don't always get all the references? Do you feel like you can jump in more? Um, Yes. But one thing that I had to learn is not to try to understand everything. Uh, I want to be able to follow the conversation. And so at the beginning, I was listening to every single word and every sentence, and then it made it really exhausting and hard. I'm trying to now find the things that I was able to understand and pick up on and try to integrate in that conversation rather than trying to understand it all. And that has been a huge relief to me. And yeah, it's working. It's working. I I feel like I can, I'm learning so much about culture too. All the things that I already heard in one conversation, I'm now able to use in a different one and, and seem more American than I actually am. So that's great. Well, and in New York, it's not just Americans, is it? You're probably interacting with so many cultures from all around the world in this one city. That's one thing I need to say with a disclaimer is when I speak about America right now, I'm mainly speaking out of the view from somebody that lives in New York City. The U.S. is a huge country. I know that if I would be uh, on the other side in California, on the West Coast, or or even smack in the middle, everything would be completely different. So uh, oh, yeah. that's that's a big thing. I, I'm not, I don't want to generalize that this is what all America is like. Yeah, you were saying earlier in the interview that that actually was part of the challenge, right? That you couldn't just say, you know, if you were to move to the middle of the U.S. and there's one solid culture, you could identify that, understand it, and try and find your way into it. And maybe the newness would wear off sooner. But in New York, you're saying there's so much like what what do I attach myself to? What do I try and understand? There's almost too much to process. Absolutely. When it comes to religions, when it comes to languages, there's there's a huge Hispanic population here in New York. There is a big Jewish community here in New York. I mean, cultures that are so vastly different, and, and this is a melting pot of all of it. And every person you meet has a different story and a different background. And 
they're all here, they're all together. I think that's probably the most New York attribute is to just be who you are and accept that there's a lot of people around you that are very, very different from you and being okay with that. That's probably the most New York thing to be. I think that's a great thing. Yeah, it is. We should all be a little more, well, that aspect of New York, maybe not all aspects of New York. Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned earlier in the interview about being exhausted with the bureaucracy and the green card process. But I know from experience here in Germany that the exhaustion is not just with bureaucracy. I was exhausted at the end of every day just because I had to think more in German and think more about the culture I was interacting with and adjust as a result. And at the end of the day, I was just tired. That kind of emotional or the brain involvement makes you physically tired at the end of the day. Are you less tired these days after two years? Um, yes. No. Mm, yeah, yes. But that's, I think, because I, I really learned what I can take in. I, I'm learning better how much I can take in without being drained in the evening, and I'm trying to follow that pattern. Um, so for me, just I, I live in Brooklyn, which is outside of Manhattan, about 40 minutes with a train. Uh, if I would have to go into Manhattan every day, I think it would really stress me out. So days are less draining because I learned what how much intake I can have every day before I feel overwhelmed and exhausted by the end of the day. Definitely the networking culture is also something that has drained me a lot. New York is all about meeting people. If, if you go for a job interview, for example, or you, you want to get a job interview, it's all through connections. It's not about applying. In, in Germany, you send them you know your report cards from school and show them all your diplomas, and that's how you get the job. That doesn't even count here in New York City, it feels like. It's all through recommendations and networking. And these networking events are so exhausting for me. Small talking, saying the same story over and over again. That has been really hard. Are there other little cultural differences that you have found? Not necessarily that they're exhausting, but things that are just like, wow, this is kind of everyday life, but it's different for me. Yeah, I mean, definitely the sugar coating. And I think that's something very American. It's not just New Yorkish. I, I think it's very American. Uh, yeah. We're talking about not literal sugar coating, which Americans also like. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're not talking about that even bread has sugar in it, right? No, that's not what we're talking about. The, the, <laughs> it's, it's the fact that uh, I, I, I find it really hard to get a straight answer from somebody, even just as simple as having somebody say, I want this. When I, mm. in situations with my chorus, I often have, we could, and maybe we should, and have you considered this approach? And like, it's just all very vague. And to me, it feels sugar-coated because you can say, I want this without it being a rude thing. It's just very direct. It's not very direct here in the US. And I think a lot of people often think that I'm rude. But this is why I think this is one of the things that attracted me to living here in Germany is I respond well to I want versus should, could, Mm -hmm. would, wouldn't it be nice? Because I think my parents lived in Germany. So we've got a little bit of a complete mirror experience here. And I feel like my parents took that on. And so they were more direct in my childhood. Mm -hmm. So I adjusted to that. And I then expected that of others, even though I was American. And so I came to Germany and people said what they wanted. And I thought, wow, that's so refreshing. Yeah. For me, it, it, makes, it makes life a little bit easier because you're not guessing. Uh, it's really hard to please mm. somebody if you, if you don't know what they want and what they need. 
um, and guessing and assuming is, is just exhausting. It's draining. But there are good things about Americans. I oh, hope. absolutely. Wonderful. And, <laughs> and to be honest, that is also a thing that in the right moment can be really beautiful. I had a lot of moments in Germany where I thought, wow, you could have said that a little bit nicer and made me feel a little bit more appreciated. And that's definitely something that they do here in the U.S. very well. They, they make you feel good at all times. Everybody that meets you is, is super friendly and interested and offers help, especially when I, when I arrived new in New York City. Somebody threw me a, a, welcome, a welcome party and they all came to me and said, you know, if you need help or if you need uh, networking, right, I, I, can, I can hook you up with a job yeah. or if you ever feel lonely, feel free to reach out and we can go grab a coffee. That is something that I never got in Germany as much and that I really appreciate about the U.S. is the, the willingness to, to help one another. And right now we are recording, we're both recording from home in pillow forts. <laughs> um, I'm glad you joined me on that because it's spring 2020. I have a question then related to that. Do you feel like New York is still representing the American spirit of being helpful towards one another in this time? So I, I get asked that a lot. People are like, is it true what we read in the news and stuff like that? It's really hard to say because I am being a good citizen and trying to stay inside as much as possible. So all I can see is what is happening in my like closer area. Mm. And I'm part of a Facebook group that is helping people in our neighborhood Prospect Heights and Crown Heights uh, to help seniors, for example, that are too afraid to go outside to go grocery shopping. And so you can sign up and, and say, I'm going to go grocery shopping for that person. And it's all done via messages. Mm. And I know that my neighbors here in the building also offered, you know, maybe do you need a face mask? I can sew you one. It's everywhere. The helping is very, very strong in New York City. Every night at seven o'clock in the evening, people open their windows and start applauding for all the people that are still out, you know on the front line, um, serving as doctors, as nurses, as delivery people. And you open up your window and you hear the big applause. And it's really beautiful. It's, it's really wonderful. You see thank you signs outside everywhere. But I think there's a lot of people volunteering right now. It's just a community of giving and sharing that feels really, really strong, specifically here in New York. Yeah. Well, it sounds like then there are a lot of good things. It sounds like you are settling in, and it sounds like the newness is starting to wear off a little bit. Yeah, now that I hear myself talking, I guess it's it's worn off more than I actually thought it did already. Yeah, you're in a choir, you've got a job, you've got a home, you're volunteering, you're a part of the community, you know your mailman. <laughs> you know, these are all, these are not new things. This is not what a new person does. Mm -hmm. I guess you're right. I mean, I've been in Germany 12 years, and I still get a little bit of this feeling of new, but I'm wondering, is it new or is it that I feel different? That I'm never, like you said, you're always going to be a German, even if you're living in America. And I'm always going to be American, no matter how long I live here, even after 12 years. So I'm always going to be different. But sometimes different can feel like you're new. Yes. So... Yeah. So I guess it's just trying to find that balance between the cultural differences of myself as an American living in Germany and you as a German living in America so that you can feel good even if you're feeling a bit different or new. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. So as you work through this balance, 
and you're looking at the differences, the fun and the ridiculous differences of Germany and America, there's got to be an element of excitement to all this exposure and these wonderful things, especially in New York. You're being exposed to so much. So what have been some of the joys of this balancing process for you? I think I grew personally a tremendous amount in in the time that I've been here in New York. I learned a lot about what my values are, what is important for me. I've met some really really inspiring people that I hope I, you know, will learn from even more uh, throughout my life. Even more open-minded now, uh seeing that there although I was already exposed to so many different cultures and and people, there is so much more out there and every person has has something to tell and a story and a background and we should we should treat every person with with curiosity and with respect and that's something that i learned here in new york is to give everybody a a blank piece of paper that they can then draw on and show who they are um and that's something beautiful yeah well thank you so much i'm so happy you ended up saying yes to this sometimes talking about newness when you're still in it can be intimidating And I really appreciate that you took that risk and kind of stepped out of your comfort zone to talk through this, because I think a lot of people feel these things. And to hear someone else talk about it makes people feel like they're not alone in this newness, even if they're not in the exact situation you're in. Like we said, sometimes it's just being in a new job or maybe new to parenting or new to the suburbs when you're used to the Mm -hmm. city. Knowing someone else feels some of the things you do makes it feel like, oh, maybe it's okay that I'm going through this process emotionally. So thank you for taking that chance and stepping out of your comfort zone. Thank you so much for thinking of me and asking me. This was a lot of fun. And and just thinking about the questions really helped me reflect a little bit more on what is actually still new? Have I grown accustomed or ready to call everything new all the time? And maybe it's not. Maybe it's just different. Like you said earlier, you're so right. And that little difference is okay. Like nothing will ever turn completely normal and comfortable. It's always going to be a little bit new in a way, but maybe it's more different than new. Yeah. And sometimes different keeps us on our toes. If we get too comfortable in life, we stop exploring and experiencing and adjusting ourselves and reflecting on ourselves. Mm -hmm. We kind of need those differences to push us forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. A big thank you to Mira for joining me today. Sometimes when we're in the middle of something, like being new or balancing cultures, we need to talk through it to really see where we are. Hopefully our conversation will inspire your own reflection and at least help you feel like you're not the only new kid out there. And maybe you aren't new anymore. During our interview, Mira went from feeling new to being different and said that different can be good and reflected that embracing those differences may be the key to not feeling new. And I think maybe those differences will make life more interesting. Thank you for listening. This was Balancing Cultures, and I'm Megan Kitchen.